This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another Pipeline podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis of MLBPipeline.com. We're going to get the guys' picks for Rookie of the Year in the American and National League. We're also going to look towards the postseason and who some of the big rookies are that are going to have a chance to really shine in October for their teams. Let's start, though, with the Rookie of the Year discussion. And uh, I guess we'll start, guys, in the National League, where the winner is a little less dramatic, and we'll, we'll save the, uh, the American League uh, for second. But I'll start with you, Jim. Uh, if you had a vote, in the American, in the National League, top three National League Rookie of the Year. Who are you going with? Well, the, the exciting thing is that our own Jonathan Mayo actually does have a vote. So he, he did vote on this. But I would take, I mean, Corey Seager is the obvious number one pick. And I think if not for Chris Bryant, Corey Seager might have been the MVP this year. I mean, having in a just an unbelievable year, came into the year as the number one prospect in baseball. And, you know, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I'm not surprised he's going to be Rookie of the Year. I am surprised maybe a little bit that he's been this good right off the bat. I mean, he's going to wind up, you know, hitting over 300 and he's got 26 homers right now. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I, he exceeded my expectations for this year uh, just a little bit um, with, with how good he's been. Um, second, you know, it's interesting because after him, I, I think it's a little bit more jumbled and then there's a lot of candidates, especially compared to the American League, where I don't think there's nearly as many candidates. I would go with Kenta Maeda of the Dodgers. I just think, you know, in a rotation that's been injured, uh, riddled with injuries, he's stayed healthy all year long and been very consistent from start to finish. So I would give him my second-place vote. And then I am torn between Trey Turner and Oledimus Diaz as my third-place vote. And I think I will give the nod to Trey Turner. Oledimus Diaz played a little bit more. But Trey Turner's been a little bit more spectacular, and I'm not going to punish him for the the Nationals not calling him up earlier. And and, in picking those two guys, I mean, you could also pick Trevor Story, but I'm going to stick with Trey Trey Turner as my number three. Would have been interesting if Trevor Story hadn't gotten hurt, might have wound up with about 40 home runs, and he might have pushed Seager for the award. All right, uh, Jonathan, and then as Jim said, you actually get to vote in this thing, so... I guess you're giving away your vote here. Uh, who you got? One, two, and three, and I'm sure one is kind of. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tap dance uh, around yeah. a little bit because I was specifically told that I am not allowed to reveal. Oh, okay. How how I voted? Uh, I liked uh, and considered all three of those guys that uh, that Jim mentioned. Uh, it, it is interesting, you know, Trevor Story, um, who somebody also looked at. Actually, uh, his OPS is higher than Seeger's. Uh, you know, not saying that he deserves a nod over Seager. I'm just, you know, as I was, you know, uh, researching these these guys a little bit more fully, that was something that uh, that stood out to me a little bit. Um, there were a lot of rookies who had good years. Um, you know, Brandon Drury, 
had a had a solid year. Uh, you know, I mean, things like that. A couple other pitchers that I think uh, were worth looking at, you know, along with Maeda, uh, O from St. Louis, uh, closing games for the Cardinals uh, was a guy who uh, fell in that same sort of boat. And, and I sh- struggled uh, philosophically uh, because personally I don't think veterans that come from leagues like Japan should, uh, should be considered for, uh, for rookie of the year. However, the rule states that they are, so I did. Um, and then, the, you know, the, the guy that I sort of was tempted it, it, but didn't quite go, it was Junior Guerra. Um, just because the story is unbelievable. The guy's 31 and is having his rookie year and, and has had a, a very, very uh, good year. Now, I would put Maeda ahead uh, of him, uh, but uh, he was a guy that certainly was worthy of at least consideration for, uh, for, for a vote. That was solid tap dancing. All the way Thank around. you very much. All right, let's switch to the American League, and I'll start with you there, Jonathan, and, and you don't have a vote there, so you don't have to tap dance. Uh, but one, two, and three in the American League, which is, I think, a, a much more interesting race for number one as opposed to the NL where the race was kind of for second and third and fourth. But the AL, with with the surge of Gary Sanchez, has made it really interesting. It has. Uh, it has, and you know he's only played, what, 49 games? Uh, so I, I'm not sure what to do with him. Um I think that uh, if I were voting in the American League, even though he's struggled down the stretch a little bit, I think Michael Fulmer would probably go in my top spot. And this is a guy who's competed for the ERA title, uh, has uh, really come to the front of the the Tigers' rotation, somewhat surprisingly, uh, (laughs) considering that people weren't even sure if he was going to remain a starter, uh, let alone you know, toss 155 innings and change uh, as he has. So he's probably the guy that would get my my first vote. Um, I think then, I think Sanchez might get my second. Although again, that's the 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 lack of playing time does make me pause. But what he's done in that playing time is insane. Kind of mixed in with the guys that I would consider. Nomar Mazzara is definitely a guy who I would probably uh, put somewhere in my top three. Uh, so, I, you know, what I think what I'll end up doing is I will go Fulmer, Sanchez, Mazzara. I like that list. Good stuff. All right, Jim, how about you? Yeah, I, I would go Fulmer number one. I mean, as long if he pitches six and a third innings tonight, and doesn't get crushed, he's going to lead the American League in ERA as a rookie. And I think that that full season uh, excellence would give him the nod over Gary Sanchez for me. I would put Gary Sanchez, too. Um, Even though he's only played about a third of the season, he's tied for the American League rookie lead in home runs right now, 20 with Nomar Mazzara. You know, and then for my third spot, I mean, Nomar Mazzara's hit 20 home runs, the rest of the numbers are just, I mean, they're, they're, he's very young, and I think he's going to be a superstar, but they're just kind of okay. I think I would actually go with Ryan Healy, who played about a half season, but has one of the highest ops among rookies in the American League. I, I, I think I would be tempted to go Ryan Healy three, because I think he's been very, very good in half a season, as, as opposed to Nomar Mazzara, who has been, 
Yeah, hey, he filled the hole. He's done everything, you know, asked to, you know, this guy didn't even turn 21 until the season started. But, you know, 750 ops in Arlington isn't, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just kind of an okay year, you know, taking his, his rookiness and age aside. So I, I would go with Ryan Healy as my third-place vote over Nomar Mazzara. Mazzara gives us kind of an easy transition into our uh, other big topic for the day, which is rookies who could have an impact in the postseason. And, uh, guys, I'm going to stay away from the teams that are battling for those wild card spots because those those battles aren't going to be decided until the weekend. But as far as your division leaders, we have five division champs already, and the Red Sox look like it's just a matter of time as far as the American League East. So when we look at those six clubs, they all have some important rookies. And let's start in the American League West, and let's start with Texas. What can Nomar Mazzara, how much do the Rangers depend on Nomar Mazzara in the postseason? I'll start with you, Jonathan. Well, I mean, I think they depend on him as much as they have all year, you know, just to, to be a, an influence in their lineup. He doesn't have to carry them offensively. I mean, they have other weapons. They didn't, they didn't win the division because Nomar Mazzara was – you know, uh, hitting in the middle of their lineup. Um, you know, the the places where he's been exposed, they, you know, come from plate discipline and patience, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how he handles the, the extra pressure of the postseason uh, for a guy who's already a, a bit of a free swinger. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on him in terms of what he's going to have to do um, but, you know, of the rookies that have contributed to the Rangers, uh, he is the one who will obviously have the greatest impact. And I will actually play devil's advocate and say that that might not be true because, you know, I think surprising, definitely surprising me and probably surprising a lot of people, Matt Bush has become one of the most important relievers on that club. And it's very possible you could see Matt Bush had a very, very good rookie season pitching the eighth inning in high-leverage situations for the Rangers. I mean, the nice thing, I think, with Mazzara is, unlike some of the other rookies we'll discuss, you know, he's not being asked to, to lead that Rangers offense. I mean, they've got, you know, Adrian Beltre and, you know, Ruffman or Doors got 31 homers, and Mitch Moreland and Ian Desmond have hit home runs. And, you know, they've, you know it's, it's a pretty deep lineup, whereas Matt Bush might wind up being called upon to get some very, very crucial outs in some late-inning situations for the Rangers. So, you know, keep an eye on Matt Bush, too. I think they've got two rookies who are going to have a lot to do with how well the Rangers or how far the Rangers go in this postseason. We'll stick in the American League, move over to the Central and the Indians, and Michael Brantley is supposed to be the best player on this Indians team, but he wasn't really a factor in 2016 because of all the injuries. And that opened the door up a little bit for Tyler Naquin, who obviously came through and, and had a tremendous start um, to his go. Jim, did he perform better than you thought he would at this point in his career because he got called up a little early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing, the, the real, I've never been the biggest Tyler Naquin fan in the world in terms of when we're ranking prospects. Um, the thing that surprised me this year, and I'm still not, I guess, 100% convinced it's real, is he hit for more power than, than I expected. You know, 14 homers, 350 plate appearances. I would not have, you know, I saw him as kind of a 15 home run guy if he played every day. So I think, I think that's been, you know, the, the surprise for me. I mean, we knew he could play defense, we knew he could hit for average. 
you know, he's obviously a rookie who, you know, it seems like their their outfield's constantly shifting. They're, 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 you know, that seems like it's ever changing. As you mentioned, I mean, Brantley, they they got next to nothing out of him this year. And then I think the other rookie who could wind up playing a role because of injuries is Mike Clevenger. I mean, their right. rotation. Even Corey Kluber is being counted on as one of the healthy guys. Just had an MRI the other day, and, and Carrasco's hurt, and Salazar's hurt, and and Mike Clevenger could, could wind up pitching some crucial innings. Uh, you know, he hasn't had great rookie numbers, but they might need him to make some starts in the postseason. Jonathan, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, was going to add Clevenger if, if Jim didn't, uh, and and I think just because of the injury situation, uh, he may have the the largest impact positively or negatively just because of the need. Uh, you know, if Kluber can't go, then you're looking at Trevor Bauer as your number one starter. I mean, so you're going Bauer, probably Josh Tomlin, and then Mike Clevenger uh, pitching game three. Uh, you know, so, uh, and if he doesn't pitch game three, then you know, it can be game four if Kluber can pitch. Uh, you almost have to rejigger things. So, uh, Naquin has been huge uh, in terms of filling filling that hole, and has been better a uh, better all around player than uh, even those of us who who don't loathe him um, <laughs> thought. But uh, but I think because of how decimated that staff has been by injuries, Clevenger is the rookie who who might be called upon to do the most. In Boston, Jonathan, uh, Andrew Benintendi obviously gave this team a spark, but then he got hurt, and he's come back now, and he's he's still been good. But there's a lot of different players that the Red Sox can use in different spots. So Benintendi's playing time isn't a guarantee, but I would think he's going to get enough time in the postseason to make his mark. Oh, I, without question. Uh, I, I think that is the case. And he's he's definitely the the rookie who's there who who will have the largest impact uh, it might be, you know, the rookie who's, you know, most definitely on the playoff roster. Uh, even if he's not in the lineup every day, uh, I think you'll see him at at some point you know, get a chance to swing the bat, uh, play defense. Because one of the things that makes him stand out is because he has the ability to impact the game in a number of ways. Uh, so uh, even if he doesn't start and he comes into a game late, uh, he can do something defensively. He can run. He can turn on a pitch and hit it out. Uh, so, you know, he would probably be on my short list of rookies, period, who, you know, anywhere who could have a, a, a large postseason impact. Well, and I think he's going to play, too, guys. I mean, they, the way they've used him since he's come back from the injury, I think he's going to be the left fielder against right-handers, and Chris Young will play against left-handers. So he, he's going to get playing time, and it seems like, He's almost incapable of playing a game without hitting a double. It seems like every time I watch a Red Sox game, Ben and Tenney hits at least a double. And I saw him hit a home run the other night against the Orioles to get out of the park in about a second and a half. He just has incredible bat speed. Only other rookie, I think, who's a, a fairly good bet to make the playoff roster, but it wouldn't be a huge role, would be Heath Hembree coming out of the bullpen for them. All right, let's switch over to the National League, and we'll head out west again. Obviously, Corey Seager isn't just someone who's going to contribute for the Dodgers, but he's maybe the the force behind that Dodgers lineup. Uh, any concerns about just the the pressure on Seager? He was there a little bit last year, though. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he, he played in the postseason last year, and 
I mean, went three for 16. I mean, it's, it's a small sample size, but I mean, he played every day. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I just think, I, I do think the playoff experience thing gets over, get, gets overrated a little bit. I mean, it, it's something to write about and talk about, but, you know, for the most part, you know, I mean, yes, you're playing better competition, but, you know, baseball's baseball. You know, Corey Seager, gifted young hitter, you know, there's pressure down the stretch, too, when they were trying to win the NL West, and he's continued to perform, and I, I don't think, he, you know, I'd be surprised if, if he felt pressure, and, you know, the Dodgers, you know, if we were, and we're not, if we were listing the top ten rookies in the postseason on these division winners, the Dodgers would have all kinds of rookies, because I think Maeda, you know, you talk, we were just talking about the Indians, I mean, this is a rotation that, that's a, a mess right now, injury-wise, but Kenta Maeda is very important to them, and, and after all the talk about how young he was and the innings limits for Julio Urias, there's now talk that Julio Urias, after they, they put him in the bullpen and said, okay, he's pitched enough innings, we're just going to keep him very, you know, keep an eye on him and we'll use him a little bit out of the bullpen. It looks like Julio Urias is going to be their game four starter in the playoffs because they really don't have any other options they want to turn to. And if they did turn to other options, it would probably be a rookie, either Ross Stripling or Jose De Leon or Brock Stewart. So I think we're going to see lots of rookie starters in the rotation for the Dodgers in addition to Corey Seager. And Jonathan, maybe they, they make a bit, not a bigger impact, but could be more key for the Dodgers because you know what you're getting from Seager. Maybe you're not sure about the pitching. It's a little less sure, of a sure thing. Right, and you know, Seager could go one for eighteen, and that wouldn't necessarily sink the the Dodgers' ship. But if they're relying on a couple of rookie starters and they're terrible, uh, then the the negative impact is, is in a short series is is much larger. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see who they hand the ball to in, in some of those starts, given uh, the holes in, in the rotation. I mean, in some ways, it's it's. A little remarkable that the Dodgers, you know, won the NL West uh, going away with all the injuries they've had in the rotation. A lot of that is a testament to, you know, their ability to fill those holes with some of these rookie pitchers. All right, in the Central, obviously a year ago, this would have been maybe more interesting as far as the Cubs and rookies go, but still, uh, Wilson Contreras, a big part of this team, uh, and the Cubs still have that youth and, and some rookies that will play a big role for the team with the best record in baseball, Jonathan. Yeah, and Contreras is the, is the big one, because I think they brought him up, and uh, we're going to try to bring him along a little more slowly, uh, but he has worked his way into being the primary uh, primary catcher now, I think they're going to carry three catchers, at least in the NLDS, because uh, of how young and inexperienced he is. Uh, you know, to go with Contreras and then David Ross, who's on the you know the other side of that ledger uh, as the two catchers. I think they'll probably have Montero uh, there as well, uh, at least for that for that opening round. Uh, but Contreras has the ability to impact uh, the game offensively, unlike many other catchers uh, right now. Uh, so, you know, for the Cubs, you're right, you know, last year was that year that they exceeded expectations and they had all these young guys, and not that they're grizzled veterans, uh, but they don't have other guys who are really impact rookies in the, in the way uh, that they were relying on them so much in 2015. Jim? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's definitely true. I mean, what Jonathan said about their catching situation is very accurate. 
And then it's just a matter of how they decide to, to put that roster together. I, I don't think Albert Almora is necessarily going to make the playoff roster. I think he might be the the next position player, you know, probably the first position player left off, you know, next one up if, if somebody got hurt. Now, on the pitching side of things, you know, they, they've got a number of bullpen options. Um, you know, Carl Edwards, possible. Rob, Zestriz, Rob I can't pronounce his name, Zestrizny, there we go, uh, possible. But I don't think either one of those guys is a lock. So it, it's, it's conceivable that Wilson Contreras might be the only rookie on that playoff roster when they, when they figure out who's going to go on there. Then finally, guys, the Washington Nationals are a team that's gotten a big lift from some rookie pitchers along the way, but really the biggest guy when you talk about rookies has obviously been Trey Turner since settling in in center field. He's been quite an addition to the lineup. Uh, Jim, how important is he to their lineup in the playoffs, especially now that you don't have Wilson Ramos? Yeah, I mean, I think he's very important. I mean, we talked, it seemed like all summer, why hasn't this guy been called up earlier? And, I mean... Uh, you know, again, I mean, like we said about Corey Seager, I knew Trey Turner was very good, and I liked him a lot. I wouldn't have thought he was going to hit 340 and slug 560 in his big league debut. But, uh, you know, well above average runner. It's game, you know, it can be game-changing speed. I mean, he, he's not like a little slappy guy. He, he's got legitimate power. I think, you know, especially with Bryce Harper banged up. I mean, <laughs> what would you guys – well, what kind of odds could we have gotten beginning of the year if we said, okay – Who's going to have the higher slugging percentage by more than 100 points, Trey Turner or Bryce Harper? Um, I think we all would have probably picked Bryce Harper. I, mean, I think we probably would have gotten pretty good odds on Trey Turner. But, no, I mean, he, he's been, you know, their best hitter for, for much of the second half, him and Daniel Murphy. So I think he's he's very important, uh, obviously, to that team. And, you know, you know, speaking of rookies, you mentioned Ramos getting hurt. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to start, and I don't know if he'll make the playoff roster. But, you know, Spencer Keyboom or, or Pedro Severino, who, who is up already, one of those guys is going to make the playoff roster, uh, you know, and theoretically could be a better option than Jose Lopaton. So they could be going with a rookie. They could have a rookie catcher in their lineup, um, you know, at some point during the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, one of, those, one of those rookie catchers is going to be on the roster. If I had to guess, it would be Severino. Uh, that's just a guess. Uh, and... I'll lean on Lobaton, but, you know, catchers get hurt. So those guys could have a, a huge uh, impact. Um, I agree. I mean, I think if I, again, if I were making a, just a list of rookies who will impact the playoffs the most uh, or have the chance to, however you want to phrase it, uh, Trey Turner would be number one, uh, number one on my list. So, you know, I think that, just because he can do so many different things to, to impact uh, the game. And then the one other guy, and I was just double-checking, um, it was if Sammy Solis was still a rookie starting at the beginning of this year, because I honestly don't remember. Either of you remember? I don't. Um, I got it for you right here. I, th- I thought you were going to give us the answer. Yes, he is still a rookie. <laughs> yeah, okay, so he was still uh, – that, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure – uh, he had really turned himself into an incredibly important bullpen piece uh, as a guy who not only is good against lefties, uh, but can get other guys out as well. And he just came off of the disabled list not that long ago. And I think that uh, his ability to get left-handers out is, it could, 
could kind of he could be a kind of an unsung hero kind of rookie uh, if the Nationals are going to go deep. All right, great stuff, guys. As always, a look at the rookies who are going to really be big factors in October. We also checked out some of the best Rookie of the Year candidates, according to Jonathan and Jim. This has been the Pipeline Podcast for Jim Callison, Jonathan Mayo of MLBPipeline.com. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.